Father, help us to open our hearts. Help us to open our minds, Lord, to hear and receive the things you want to speak and do. Father, we want to be changed as a result of meeting you. So change us in this moment to be more like you so that we can be forever changed as a result of meeting you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are continuing in a series on 1 Peter. And last week uh, was our first week as we're reading through Peter, and we'll see that in the lectionary. But each week we're going to kind of take a synopsis of each chapter of Peter. And it'd be a great discipline right now to read through that book so that you could join in and get familiar with the readings. And I think First Peter has a lot to teach us. And last week we were on uh, chapter 1, uh, kind of an overview of that. And we're still going to continue a little bit on that. But the theme last week was a living hope and how Jesus is our living hope. And the overall theme for First Peter is living victoriously in the midst of persecution. See, our faith is strengthened as we persevere through our trials. As Christians, what we have to remember is that we just need to keep going, that we don't pause, that we don't stop, but that we continue to move in that very relationship with who he is, that we continue to persevere. And right now, we've been in just an incredible time in our life, not fully understanding what tomorrow may bring, which is reminding us how important it is to keep it in the day. And we see in Peter's writing, he's speaking to a people, both Jew and Gentile, that they are going through an incredible time of trial. And I think we could look at some of that, but, but not to compare the trials, because the trials are very different. The persecution is very different. But yet we still can identify with those troubles for ourselves. But we have to maybe clearly define that, because for some of us, trials are different than others. You see, running out of Ben and Jerry's is not a crisis. Or going from 30 rolls of toilet paper down to 10 is absolutely not a crisis. There, there are moments of uncertainty that, that we don't understand that can cause a crisis because we don't know what tomorrow brings, but we have to trust in the Lord. And as we go through our trials and, and crisis, uh, we're being formed into that very image of who Jesus is, who he is, our living hope. Why? Because he forgives us, he's redeemed us, and he gives us this eternal Inheritance, which Peter keeps talking about. And we left off last week and we read today a little bit in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. But as he who called you is holy, you also be in all your conduct. Be holy in all your conduct. Verse 16, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. And of course Peter is quoting Leviticus and he's reminding them of the importance and what that means and that we have to get hold of that. So in the middle of their their trials, their crisis, their persecution, and how difficult it was, Peter's saying, remember that you're holy. And being holy is to remember that you're set apart, that that the Lord has set you apart, and that you've dedicated your life unto God. And what we have to be reminded of, that this is impossible to do on our own. See, no matter how hard I would try to set my life apart to be what would be a quote-unquote a good person, I would fail. 
I couldn't do that very thing on my own without the Lord. I, when I was not walking with the Lord, when I didn't surrender my life to the Lord, and I was living in my life and in the world, I would try to do things that would, I guess, would look holy or, or the next right thing, but I would continually fail because I didn't know what to measure that from. I didn't fully understand what that was. And I remember as a young man uh, with a praying grandmother, and uh, if you are that praying grandmother right now, keep praying. If you're that praying mother, keep praying, or that praying father, keep praying, because I am an answer to that. God, the Lord, I am evidence of an answer to that prayer. But my grandma Dot, who would pray fervently, she would every now and then make a statement to remind me, which would humble me, and she would say, you know, Brett, when you're good, you're the best. But when you're bad, you're the worst. And I remember that stinging a little bit, and I guess it was supposed to sting a little bit. See, but I was trying to be what would be my best or set apart in my own strength, in my own human nature, and, and it was impossible. I didn't have a baseline to take that from, and, uh, and it was true. And I, I, there was no medium ground of how to live my life or, or, or what that was about. See, the sanctification process occurs from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's at that moment of salvation this occurs. And we have to be reminded that at that moment when that, that happens, that, that we're not living out our life in our holiness, but that we're living out and, and putting on His holiness. We're living out our life that way and putting Christ first in our life for what he's done. See, at the moment of salvation, this God consciousness becomes alive in us and we're forever changed. There's a moment in our life where, where, where we welcome him into our life. See, he's desiring to have that relationship with each, us each and every day. But the truth is that we have to show up because Jesus has already shown up. And we have to meet him there. But this God consciousness becomes alive in us. And we're no longer in that moment looking for the things of the world to fill that void in our lives, but we're allowing the Spirit of God to come into our lives and fill our lives. Peter goes on in chapter 1, verse 23 through 25. He says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever, because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is as flowers of the grass. The grass withers and its flowers fall away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Peter's giving them this reminder of what they heard, that that word is not coming back void. It's, it's the word of God that never fades away. And it's the word of God that we get in our life is that key that opens the door to our salvation. And it's that key that brings us through that process of discipleship and that relationship with him, regardless of our circumstance, regardless of the crisis or what is going on around us, that God's not moved, that he's steadfast, and that we have to welcome him into our life and get that word that never fades away into our life. Now as we move to chapter 2 of 1 Peter, its overview is really a practical direction of what it means to live out a holy life. What do we do? How, how do we do it? In, in 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3, it says this, Therefore laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted the Lord is gracious. 
that we're to taste and see that the Lord is good, that, that, that we would understand that, that we're regenerated through a relationship with Jesus. We turn from our old way of life, and we turn from those places of, of malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and discord. That's why Peter says to him that laying aside those things, he doesn't say as you're picking up those things, but as a new believer in Christ as being transformed, regenerated in this relationship, we're called to lay those things aside because we've tasted and seen that the Lord is good and, and he is gracious and that we're going to put to death those things in our life. He goes on in 1 Peter 2, 4-5, through 5, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer a spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So it leads us to answer a question, even in moments like this in our life, what are we building our spiritual life on? What, how am I building my spiritual life and what am I building it on? See, Peter's reminding them throughout these texts that you've got to have an internal understanding, not a temporal one. And if we're building our life on a temporal stone, it will fail. It will crush. It will fall away. But that we're called to build our lives on that eternal understanding, on, on, on him, who Jesus is. That's what we build on that living stone. And as we build on that living stone, it says we too are those living stones. And he is that stone, and, and we're, we're called to build our lives upon him. That's where that firm foundation comes from. Psalm 118.22 says, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And lots of times we'll see in buildings a, a stone that we'll call the cornerstone of the building. But often it's just a stone um, that we're reminded of what the building might be dedicated to. And in our building, in the corner of our addition, you'll see a stone stone that is dedicated to all the emergency workers from 9-11 because we were building during that process. But really the, the cornerstone is the one that can bear all the weight, that will hold all those stones together and that none of those stones will fall down if they're put upon that chief cornerstone, that very place. And as Christians we're part of God's great building project. We're stones that are being shaped into a holy priesthood building his kingdom, building his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, called to, to build that work within us and through us as he calls us to himself to be built upon him. See, that, that we're, we're, we're called to be this physical manifestation of the Lord's kingdom to the world. That we're that very manifestation of, of, of who he is, each of us, as one of those stones. 1 Peter 2.9, he continues, it says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So they're going through this incredible, difficult time. The majority of them are servants. The area in where they live, which is Turkey now or Asia Minor, is dry and very few harvests can they have. Life is difficult. There's persecution for what they believe. And in the midst of all those things, Peter's giving them a reminder of who they are. And maybe for us, we need that reminder of who we are as a people of God. 
It's just as relevant then as it is right now that, that we are that chosen generation, that royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. And, and when he calls them that you are a chosen generation, it's really a chosen race is another word there. And, and it says what, what he's telling them is you're a unique body of people called to serve him. Called to serve the Lord. You're unique. And what that means is we put aside, it's not our ethnicity, it's not our skin color, it's not the country of origin, that we now become this spiritual family that's different, that he's called together. We're that chosen people that he's put together, that he's building upon, and, and that he's called us together as those people. And those people, we're going to be different from the world. And that the world needs to look upon those people and say there's something different that they have that we don't have. And especially in a time of incredible trouble and circumstance. He says we're a royal priesthood. And that means that we're transformed inwardly and outwardly to rule with the kingdom authority. And if you know Christ and you're walking out that relationship with him, don't give up that authority that he's given you in your life. But walk in that authority he goes on to say we are one holy nation, unified and set apart for God's purpose. That, that people should look to those who are Christ followers and say, look at the unity among them. Look at the strength of them as they come together. Look how they're fulfilling the very purpose that God has for their lives. He goes on and says we're, we are his own special people. And what that means is we're adopted into the faith of God whom he protects. That we're brought into the family of God. That this is something new. And we're, we're brought into this new family of our brothers and sisters. That each of us are one of those stones that have been shaped for his perfect plan. His perfect purpose. And that we're building upon him who's that chief cornerstone. And that we would remember these things. And he ends with that we were, are a people who proclaim the praises of God. Who called out of darkness into his own marvelous light. That that word is still in us. That we're proclaiming that good news of who he is. That we give him praise even in our troubled times. Even when it appears to be most difficult for us. So we continue to worship and proclaim who he is. Why? Because we have an eternal perspective. It's not a temporal one. Why? Because we know that he's with us. We know that he'll never leave us. We'll know that he'll never forgive us. We'll know that our God is awesome and powerful and mighty. And he is with us. So we proclaim those praises of who he is. And he ends to remind them this. Which maybe we need that reminder as well in 1 Peter 2.10. Who once were not a people who are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. See, we once were a people that were not a people of God. And, and as those people, we deserved the condemnation because of our unbelief. That there was... There was no mercy there because we rejected who he was or we rejected that truth. And here's what we have to understand. Justice is getting what we deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. And he gives mercy. And we obtained that mercy. That's why we can give him those praises. And that's why we're called to be those people, that chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, to be his own special people. Because we, we know that mercy that he brings into our lives. 
It reminds me in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, it says, But God, who's rich in mercy, because of his great love for which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, we have been saved. That It's that incredible mercy. He's rich in mercy. And he loves us right where we're at, right in the moment that we're at. And when we accept him and know him in that way, then we've got to live out our lives in who he is. That we put aside those old ways and that we begin to walk out in this new way of who he is and grow stronger together. See, as those stones and people of God, I think what the Lord has done prophetically, even for us, is that maybe the doors of the church are now closed, but the church isn't closed. That the people of God are who makes up the church and that each stone is representing of who he is. And that if we're going to be those living stones of Christ, that it's got to be built upon him, that chief cornerstone. Why we give him praise and proclaim for what he's done for us. And that we build our lives upon him, that's an eternal understanding, not one that is temporary. See, his word that we get in us gives us strength and courage to persevere through any trial because God is faithful, because God is true. And that we have to continually have that word come alive in our lives, continually to get that in. What's interesting is that when Peter would have been proclaiming this, it would have been a word just by proclamation, not a word that would have been read. It would have been maybe read from the letter, but they would have heard the whole story based on someone sharing that good news. And maybe for us right now that there's those around us that we can share that good news with, that God wants to bring them into his kingdom. And maybe they don't understand that there's an eternal perspective, but God wants to bring that eternal understanding. God wants to bring that rich mercy into their lives, that they too would understand that grace, that they too can be saved. So let us be those stones, those living stones built upon that sure foundation of Christ. And that's how we live out our lives, a holy life, a life set apart for him, that we can be those people that he's called to himself. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that our life is built upon you. Lord, we set apart those things in this world that can't fill that place that only you can fill. Thank you, Lord, that you show us that mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Help us, Lord, in each day to build upon that sure foundation, you, to strengthen us as you shape us and mold us as we go through difficult times. Continue to guide us and lead us, we pray, Lord. Now, if you're watching and, and you haven't made a decision to ask the Lord into your life that way, that's really where it begins, that he wants to show you that mercy and what that grace is all about. But we have to make a decision that we're going to turn from those ways. And as Peter said, lay down those ways in our life. And when we lay those th things down, we take up his grace in our life. And he makes an invitation for you to come, but, but we have to make that step forward to receive the invitation that he gives. And if you don't know him in that way, and you don't have that relationship with him in that way, then you can't build your life upon that cornerstone. But he's calling you to be a living stone. And if you'd like to know him in that way, I'd like to pray with you right now to receive him into your life. So if you'd like to pray with me, I just want you to repeat after me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. 
I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person that you want me to be. In your name, I pray. Amen. Now, if you prayed that with me, let us know right now. You can go to through the campus and click on the prayer button and someone will meet you on the side and they, we want to help you on your journey. We want to help you in this, in this journey that God has you on right now. So please let us know.